Hey, how's it going, everybody? Chris Trapasso here. Welcome in to another episode of the Prospect Podcast. Preseason week one in the books. And you've had ample time to digest everything in terms of analysis and evaluations and observations from what occurred in week one, besides from me on this podcast. And I'm not going to run through every single rookie and every single game um, and or the most obvious marquee players. Just going through, watching the film from over the weekend, I wrote some notes about every game that I watched. And I'm going to talk about those players. And most of them are, of course, young players being that that's what we discuss if we're not talking about the draft here at the Prospect Podcast. That's what this podcast will be dedicated to. And I'll start with Trey Lance of the San Francisco 49ers. The splash plays were tremendous. The long touchdown to Trent Sherfield, who is apparently having a great camp and, of course, big preseason debut with that long touchdown, was a tremendous throw. But I still believe, and there was another longer throw that he made down the field on a bootleg that just showed the athleticism, the ease at which at which he moves outside the pocket, and just the arm talent that he has, being able to throw on the run, maintain a solid foundation, just effortless throw. It looks like a, a shortstop, and then the rocket arm that he has. I think if you're... Jimmy Garoppolo, you are freaked out by those splash plays. But it was not an amazing debut for Trey Lance. And he definitely showed that he's still raw and that he may not be quite fully ready to be on the field in week one. 5 of 14, 128 yards, four sacks. Of course, the one long touchdown. The yards per attempt average is pretty good. Buoyed by that long throw. But if you're the 49ers, that's what you're banking on, and that's what you traded up for. That's why you traded up for Trey Lance to get those splash plays. You know, with Kyle Shanahan as your head coach, you can get efficient quarterback play. I've always said that that he's proven he can get 65% completion ish, depending on how talented the actual quarterback is, but somewhere above 60% completion. And I think even in today's NFL, we're almost moving towards 63-ish percent as being like the low level for what you want as a starter and around 8% or 8 yards per attempt. It's He's never had the splash plays. He had it with Matt Ryan when Matt Ryan won the MVP and the Falcons got to the Super Bowl. But since then, he hasn't really had that high-level talent. And that's why I just didn't – I never believed that the 49ers were ready to trade up for Mac Jones because Mac Jones, at I think at his best, could be Jimmy Garoppolo. And Trey Lance showed in the preseason game right away what he can do with his arm talent. And I'm glad that the 49ers let him take shots down the field. I remember in the Bills preseason in 2018, Josh Allen's first throw was like 70 yards in the air off play action. It just missed Robert Foster down the field. But they said, hey, we're not going to have you come and check it down. That doesn't do any good for your development, for our evaluation of you as a quarterback. So heads off to the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan for saying, let's, let's take some shots here and let's see if he can connect. So Trey Lance, I mean, I guess that's probably the obvious uh, takeaway from his performance. The splash plays made sports center. They were highlight real caliber plays. 
but five of 14, four sacks. The ball jumps out of his hands. The athleticism is absolutely there. What I like too, and I'm not just going to talk about quarterbacks today. Juwan Jennings, former practice squad power rankings alumni. And that's starting up, by the way, right before week one. So get pumped for that at cbssports.com. Juwan Jennings looked sleek. He was a seventh round pick out of Tennessee. An amazing yards after the catch wide receiver, two draft class ago. Pretty stiff, but a former dual threat quarterback recruit that at Tennessee had an illustrious career, long career there, productive for four seasons because he was just a bulldozer after the catch. But he looked sleeker. They threw him a couple wide receiver screens, and he was pretty crafty, finding lanes and the contact balance was definitely still there from what he showed at Tennessee. He spent, I believe, all of last season on the 49ers practice squad. And we know that Kyle Shanahan, he prioritizes yards after the catch. Like, he wants players that are good with the ball in their hands. Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Man, they got a nice little trio there. Juwan Jennings, keep an eye out uh, for the former seventh-round pick. And no, I don't think he's going to be even the fourth option, but if he needs to play a couple games here and there, if there's injuries, if someone's not playing well, Jawan Jennings, at least let's track him over the next two preseason games and see if he's done enough to earn a roster spot. For the Chiefs, uh, Patrick Mahomes only threw two passes. Chad Henney was in there for a while. Uh, I thought Chris Jones looked great. I think he has become an elite interior defensive pass rusher. Good against the run, too, but he the way he can just combine speed and power and hand use at this point, he's so flexible and he's tall, very long arms. He had a, a pressure and I believe a sack early on. So from that game, Trey Lance and Juwan Jennings. I'm not going to run through every game, but it's just going to kind of be quick hitters. In terms of the Packers and the Texans, I thought Tyrod Taylor looked pretty good especially on that first drive. I know he's not a young player, but he's bounced around so much, and he's been this bridge quarterback that's been usurped right away for other quarterbacks uh, in Cleveland. And then last year with a weird injury to his lung, gets Wally pipped, so to speak, by Justin Herbert. Uh, and then he goes on to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year. It was a good first drive for them, for that offense, for the Texans, their new head coach. And Tyrod Taylor. And I thought Jordan Love initially was a little shaky, but then he kind of settled in, and you saw similar to um, what quarterback? Oh, Trey Lance. Geez, similar to Trey Lance, you saw those high caliber traits: the arm talent, the arm strength, the ability to just flick the wrist and get it out there in a hurry. And how about Devin Funchess? Like, there was a Devin Funchess sighting in Green Bay. He made a couple nice catches. Kylan Hill, the seventh-round pick, running back out of Mississippi State. Zero business going in the seventh round. Showed his pass-catching ability, his vision, his cutting skill on a touchdown on a screen pass in that game. And then as for Davis Mills, so I kind of wanted to – center this podcast around like talking about the quarterbacks that are even getting their first opportunities to play, but might not be rookies or aren't the marquee rookies. And I would say Davis Mills is not necessarily a marquee rookie, but the Texans didn't have a first round pick or 
didn't have a pick until the third round. They didn't have a first rounder or a second rounder. It was still the aftermath of the mess that Bill O'Brien left that franchise in. And they needed a lot. The roster is not very good. And they decided to pick a quarterback even after signing Tyrod Taylor. They picked Davis Mills. I thought he was very good. The red zone pick, he tried to fit it in uh, on an outbreaking route to his tight end. And the boundary cornerback just made a great play. He was following his outside assignment, saw the outbreaking route from the tight end from the slot and just peeled off of his assignment and made a great play. And the ball almost squeezed in. It was kind of hard to see on film what happened and who caught the football. Besides that, I thought Davis Mills had a great beginning to his NFL career, if you want to call it that, playing in the preseason. There was a throw across the middle to Nico Collins, a big athletic specimen out of Michigan, where Davis Mills looked to his left in the pocket, then looked back to his right, and then fired a strike to Nico Collins on an inbreaker. And remember, this was a high-level five-star recruit coming into Stanford. He never really lived up to that recruiting ranking, of course. Didn't have a lot of experience, but he was kind of a late riser in the pre-draft process because Davis Mills, once people got around to his film, they saw some high-caliber throws, like the arm strength, the assertiveness as a passer was definitely there. And I liked... Uh, there was a play later on on an th- outbreaking route to Kiki QT where Davis Mills like was in the pocket, stepped up to avoid some pressure around the edge and fired a laser for a first down. Then later there was a third down Green Bay sent the blitz, which is pretty rare in the preseason. And usually I'm like, oh, if you're trying to blitz in the preseason, what are you doing? But we are getting the first preseason in two years. So this year I'm, I'm, I'm fine completely fine with defensive coordinators dialing up some blitzes because they need to see how their blitz packages are executed and which ones work and which ones don't too. There was a blitz and he stayed calm as a rookie quarterback that doesn't have a lot of experience. One year as a starter at Stanford, stayed very calm in the pocket, drifted a little bit through an outbreaking route to Chris Conley for the first down 11 of 21 112 yards and the one interception, no touchdowns. There was a couple misses, but I thought in general, he had a lot more command than I expected for someone that, again, hasn't didn't play three, four years at a big school, but you saw the arm talent and you saw like this guy can play in the NFL. He has NFL quarterback abilities. We'll see if that's starter level, franchise quarterback level, backup practice squad, but if you're a Texans fan and you're still holding out hope for the future, I know things have not gone well with that organization. Really, since the score was 24 to 0 in the divisional round two years ago in Arrowhead against Patrick Mahomes. Since then, it's been a just not even I don't think a downward spiral is the right word. It's been a free fall off a cliff. But if you're like, hey, I understand that this team is not going to be good this year. We might be in the running probably for the first overall pick. Maybe we have a quarterback already, or maybe we have someone that can be a good bridge player for a couple seasons as we rebuild. If that's what you're thinking as a a Texans fan, I think you have to be encouraged by what Davis Mills showed in his debut. 
Jaguars and Browns. And I've, I will start with Trevor Lawrence, the low-hanging fruit. Got to get that term in every single episode. I didn't think he looked great. There was the good patience and ball placement on a long throw to Marvin Jones, but it was almost more of Marvin, a classic Marvin Jones catch where he like mossed the cornerback who didn't get his head around. But a lot of underneath stuff had a fumble, took a bunch of sacks. I, I mean, I'm not going to throw Trevor Lawrence into the bust bin at this point, of course. But anyone saying that he looked sharp in the preseason debut is, to me, wrong. A lot of underneath stuff, the one big-time throw, and he's going to have to make plays outside of structure because I still do not think that Jaguars line is ready to be good enough to mask the deficiencies that come with reading defenses and processing when you have a rookie quarterback. Having said that, Trevor Lawrence is, I think, ahead of 95% of rookie quarterbacks that have come into the league over the past decade. But there are going to be times where he's confused and he's got to hold on to the ball a little bit. Now, on oh, also with the Jaguars, Tavon Austin's wearing number 34. Like, what is that? Laquan Treadwell is in training camp. And when I was watching the film, the commentators were like, oh, he's had a great camp. It's like, what is Urban Meyer doing? Brings in Tim Tebow, releases him with the first wave of cuts. Tavon Austin wearing number 34, Laquan Treadwell. Everyone, including me, missed on him in the 2016 draft. I mean, just about everyone. I think Sam Monson from PFF actually was like, eh, it doesn't really separate well. And then we just found out early in Minnesota that grasping a playbook, he just couldn't do it. But I have to finish with this game with my guy, the number one graded, def- highest graded defensive player, my top defensive prospect in the 2021 draft class, Jeremiah Owusu Kormoa, dominant. He was so good in this game. And I get a lot of it was third quarter, late in the game. But I watched him almost extensively. Eight tackles, had a sack up the middle, three tackles for loss, and he had another quarterback hit, the leading tackler for the Browns in the game. Like, he looked even more explosive than what I remember him being, how I remember him being at Notre Dame. Like, early on in the third quarter, he, like, slipped a screen, like, defeated a blocker, like, dipped underneath him, tackle for loss. Then he had the A-gap blitz, kind of hesitated for a second, and then exploded, got the sack. It was a little bit of a cleanup sack. Even if that hadn't happened, it would have been a pressure for sure. And then in coverage, I don't remember if it was a running back or a tight end, but he was kind of shook at the line. Like the pass catcher made a little juke to the inside and then broke right to the outside. And it looked like it was going to be an easy throw for the Jaguars quarterback and like a catch and run of maybe five to 10 yards. Joker's recovery speed was unreal. Like he planted his foot in the ground, exploded, and made the tackle like at the line of scrimmage. 
And then his other tackle for loss was just, he was unblocked, but it was the one of the fastest run lane fills I've seen in a preseason probably ever. Like a, for a three-yard loss. So we've talked about, or everyone has talked about this offseason, how the Cleveland Browns have done such a good job at building up that defense, already knowing what they have on offense with their offensive line, that that's the best group in football, Nick Chubb, decent set of pass catchers, Baker Mayfield there. The one weakness I thought was the linebacker group. Jacob Phillips got a lot of run. I actually liked him fair a fair amount coming out of LSU last year. But I think the linebacker group was a little weak. Jeremiah Usukormoa needs to be starting week one. And what starting, whatever you want to call that, or just being a full time player. I think to have Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney, who have, since the 2014 draft I've said is overrated. He'll help to have those two in front of him. They brought in Malik Jackson, Andrew Billings. I just don't know how that Browns coaching staff can could keep Joker behind guys like Anthony Walker and Mac Wilson and Sion Takitaki. Like these are downhill thumpers. Mac Wilson has made some plays in coverage. And Jacob Phillips can run. Malcolm Smith's up there in age. Get Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa on the field, Cleveland Browns, please. For everyone that likes to watch quality defense. Moving to the Colts and the Panthers. And again, I'm not going to talk about every single game. I don't have that much time. Uh, I'd like to kind of keep these podcasts between 20 and 45 minutes. But just some things that stood out to me. P.J. Walker, formerly Philip Walker, he was awesome. Like, he was only 10 of 21 for 161 yards, but he looked like a young Tyrod Taylor to me. Like, bouncing around in the pocket, creating with his legs, had a big catch and run to Terrace Marshall down the field where he bounced out of the pocket, looked like he was going to scramble, and then at the last minute found the rookie receiver out of LSU down the field for a long gain. Which, by the way, TJ Carey ran down Terrace Marshall, who apparently ran in the four threes at the LSU Pro Day. I think that LSU Pro Day was a little bit juiced. All those times were a little bit too fast for me. I don't think Jamar Chase is as fast as he ran either. I just liked how P.J. Walker looked. But I also really thought that Jacob Easton on the other side was outstanding. The arm talent was probably as striking as Jordan Love and Trey Lance, if not more so. He threw an absolute missile on a slant to Michael Strawn, the rookie out of Charleston, a big physical wide receiver. Like The ball looked like it was going 70 miles an hour. Then he dropped one down field in the bucket to Paris Campbell. And if Paris Campbell can stay healthy, and be that dynamic downfield threat for the Colts, they could be one of the better teams in the AFC this season. The The wide receiver group is the biggest concern I have for that team. But with Jacob Eason, he did have a fumble, got sacked on a bootleg where no one was really open. That's kind of the weakness for him. Like His pocket presence is not 
where it probably needs to be to be a high-level starter. But that doesn't mean he can't be a high-level starter because Frank Reich's system is predicated on getting the football out quickly. And the arm talent can mask some of those weaknesses. But he threw with accuracy, assertiveness, when there were some times where the offensive line really held up, and he stood in the pocket. He didn't necessarily run right outside and create pressure for himself or shorten the play and shorten the area, shrink the area of where he could throw the football by running out, leaving a clean pocket. And that's not his game. He was 15 of 21 for 183 yards. I thought he was very efficient. Just looked like someone that's been in Frank Reich's system for years. And I think that's the biggest thing with Jacob Eason that was kind of overlooked once the Carson Wentz injury came out, that he spent all of last year in Frank Reich's system learning from Phillip Rivers. Because he was, it was Philip Rivers was a starter and everyone knew how much of an Iron Man he was. There was no chance of Jacob Beeson starting last season, basically. I think people kind of forgot that he was on the roster. He got that redshirt season. I like that they got Desmond Patman involved. I remember scouting him late in the process last year out of Washington State. Big and very athletic. 6'4", 225, ran 4'4", at the combine. 132-inch broad jump. That's in the 95th percentile among wide receivers. At Washington State, they just threw him a bunch of bubble screens and it didn't really tap into his talent level or, or his skill set, the talent that he has, like the specific talent. But Desmond Patman... On a team that needs some people to step up in that pass-catching group, I could see him being that size-speed specimen that clearly GM Chris Ballard has a thing for, like whether it be an offense or defense. Michael Strawn made plays. He's a big physical athletic specimen. Ashton Dolan, same thing. You have Michael Pittman. Zach Pascal has outperformed what really anyone expected from him. Paris Campbell's a fast guy. T.Y. Hilton's can still move a little bit. But then these bottom-of-the-roster players, like Tyler Vaughn made some plays, so did Tariq Black. I liked seeing Desmond Patman involved. And someone like Paris Campbell, who has really been on the shelf early in his NFL career and hasn't really been able to show um, what he can do. Other games, uh, Bills, Lions, 16-15. The Bills won on a last-second or a last-minute drive orchestrated by Jake Fromm. Now, he made one good throw on 4th and 10 to Marquez Stevenson, who probably won't make a big impact as a rookie, but I think learning from guys like Cole Beasley, even Gabriel Davis, and certainly Stephon Diggs, I think he has the juice to be good in the future. But beyond that, I, I didn't think Jake Fromm was great. He was 8 of 13 for 65 yards, took two sacks. And of those 65 yards, I think like 40 of them came on this long, pretty clutch throw on 4th and 10, basically would have ended the game had it not been completed. And then he had another throw across the middle to Marquez Stevenson, who was very good beating press at the line. 
But I still think Jake Fromm has a ways to go to even make this team. It's hard to tell. I mean, Davis Webb was not great, and Trubisky only threw two passes. It was one of two for 10 yards. The Bills are not keeping four quarterbacks. They may not even keep three. Biggest takeaways, though, on the Bills' side of things, Devin Singletary looked as good as he's looked in the NFL. He looked like FAU Devin Singletary. Not that I think he has looked slow or sluggish in the NFL. I think he's actually been very good in terms of being elusive, being springy, the jump cuts, the contact balance, the, that awesome almost uh, Deion Lewis-esque ability to like duck under tackle attempts that only some of those shorter running backs can do. He's had that. He looked more explosive to me, though. The vision is outstanding, and it's the vision and the athleticism are married together with Devin Singletary, and it really showed against the Lions in the preseason opener. And everyone made a lot about Gregory Rousseau kind of getting a, I guess they called it a sack. I thought it was more of a half sack early in the game on Penny Sewell. And it was a good, like, long arm, straight arm to keep Sewell, who has shorter arms, off of him. I thought beyond that, Rousseau was not great. He did get credited with three quarterback pressures um, against the run. He kind of got moved around a little bit. But it was certainly encouraging for a team that needs more finishers in their pass rush. As for the Lions, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown only had two catches for 12 yards. I thought he was open a lot, but it was really hard to get that excited about anyone else uh, on that team because there's just a lot of young players, a lot of guys that are would probably be bottom-of-the-roster types on other teams. I think we talked about the Texans earlier. Um, the Lions roster is also not very good. Steelers and Eagles, I'll finish with this. Um, watching that game, I thought Mason Rudolph for the second straight week looked good, but he's ending a lot of his performances with, um, weird like a fumble or a sack or a missed throw on a third down it's kind of leaving a bad taste in the mouths of uh anyone who's watching and anyone that's advocating for former first round pick Dwayne Haskins to win that backup job but Mason Rudolph was eight of nine for 77 yards he had a nice throw down the field I believe the Juju Smith Schuster uh put it in stride like a 20 or 30 yard gain And then Dwayne Hassens came in in the second half and looked pretty good. 16 of 22, 161 yards through a touchdown. Deontay Johnson looked fine. I like that uh, we got to see a little bit of Anthony McFarland and Jalen Samuels beyond just Najee Harris running the football. And then as for the Eagles, to me... Another team that is kind of bottom of the NFL in terms of their overall talent. Jalen Hurts made a couple nice throws to his tight ends, finished three of seven for 54 yards. 
Not anything spectacular, but nothing to really be concerned about. And how about Quiz Watkins, the former S Southern Miss, I almost said SMU, Southern Miss star who ran in the four threes at the combine, 79-yard touchdown that was like over 80 yards after the catch. Just insane, insane speed. And Tyree Jackson, the former University at Buffalo quarterback, who's now transitioned to tight end, had two catches for 32 yards, including a 19-yarder. In terms of the other quarterbacks, and I'll, I'll actually finish with them, uh, and a quick note on one other team. I thought Justin Fields looked solid. I didn't think it was spectacular. 14 of 20 for 142 yards, one touchdown. A lot of it was underneath stuff, checking it down, throwing swing passes. There were a couple good throws, and I liked that he tapped into his running ability. He had five carries for 33 yards in that 21-yard touchdown. Like, that's part of his game. Like, that is why he was a first-round talent. Like, if he didn't have that running ability, he probably would have been probably an early second-rounder. But that's part of what he brings to the field. Rodney Adams had a good game. Justin Hardy, like they were, you know, there's mostly second and third string guys out there. And I thought Tua, until the interception, had a pretty efficient outing. Got the long pass early on, on a deep over to Mike Kosicki. But the interception was a little concerning to me. Because it was like toward the end of the structured part of the play. And he tried to fit the football close to the end zone, and he just didn't have enough arm talent to get it there. Not enough arm strength, enough velocity behind the football. And that, to me, is the one concern that I even had with Tua during the pre-draft process. That I was like, hey, he's surgically accurate. He runs this Alabama offense amazingly. But Joe Burrow and definitely Justin Herbert can make throws that he just can't. I, I will not believe that anyone that says, oh, he's got, you know, his arm strength is completely fine. He's got a strong arm. I just don't think he has a strong arm. I think he has like an average starter arm. And that his arm talent, like throwing on the run, is not natural for him. And throwing when his feet aren't completely set. He can't still rip the football, which was the case on the interception. And I think at this point, Mac Hollins. Uh, maybe deserves a roster spot and to be that wide receiver four or five in Miami, the big physical former UNC standout kind of bounced around a little bit. He had two catches for 20 yards. Mike Kosicki, like I said, looked good. Had the 50 yarder early in the game. He's very explosive. He's entering the tier below the elite group. I think he's there, but he, he could move into that elite group this season because I think Tua Tungavailoa is going to lean on him a lot. And that will pretty much, let's see, anything else I had in my notes here for the young quarterbacks. I thought Mac Jones was good. I didn't think he was amazing. He didn't average too many yards per attempt, but he did get the football out quickly. There was a couple drops that would have helped him a little bit. I mean, he averaged 4.6 yards per attempt, 13 of 19 for 87 yards. 
And Ramondre Stevenson with the 91-yard touchdown. I sent out a TikTok on this, and definitely follow me on TikTok. I'm going to be using that platform a lot during the football season and draft season to analyze, just put out funny videos, whatever. I'm going to use it a lot. But I put out a TikTok the other day on that, like right after that game. For Ramondre Stevenson to have a 91-yard touchdown, it's either that the Washington football team's third stringers are super slow, that entire unit is stuck in molasses, or Ramondre Stevenson is a lot faster than 4.64 that he ran at the Oklahoma Pro Day. And he's 5'11", 231. Like, he's not a speedster. That was, like, the most shocking thing that I saw in week one of the preseason. All right, that's all I have for today. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Prospect Podcast.